This is the Fade You podcast for Wednesday, October 7th. My name is Matthew James, joined tonight by one of the dumbest people I know, Chris Duke. <laughs> only sometimes, only when I'm drinking, Matt. I know you love those intros, big boy. Uh, what'd you shoot today? I heard you were on the golf course all day, just being a unproductive idiot. Being an unproductive idiot. Shooting like an 80, I broke 90 at least, okay? I broke 90. Couldn't make a birdie, though. You got to make a birdie out there, man. You know, some of us actually work, so the least you can do is if you're going to just be an unproductive fuck, at least <laughs> at least play well and get better. Hey, I got to work now. I got to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so I've got some work days coming up, okay? I was just being oh, productive God. on my day off. Jesus. Well, you know what's not been productive lately is our picks. Oof. We just watched the end of the Dodger-Padre game. Great game, by the way. Very, very entertaining to watch. But it was not super fun watching Kenley Jansen just decide to give up two runs in the ninth to blow our our run line. So that sucked. Uh, That's on the heels of the Lakers last night being up nine late off two free throws and then Tyler Hero hits a three and we lose the seven and so man just kind of in a funk right now yeah man you know and uh shit happens and you know the Dodgers up six three going into nine they bring in Jensen typical Roberts bullshit leads them in you know, it's, uh, you know, Dodgers, I'm, I'm from L.A., and I've seen it every year. Oh, look, we've got Joe Kelly and Kenley Jensen. Great options for the ninth inning. Not. So, yeah, uh, that gets blown. And then, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, the, the Lakers, the Mi- Miami kept it close, but the Lakers pulled away late. And what are you going to do with the – I mean, I think there's – I think I looked at my Yahoo app, and it said one second left. He jacks up that three. So, yeah. he misses that. It covers still. And they're not going to get some bounce your way and some not, but I think we're still in the 20-something-plus unit range on our posts. Um, you know, Dan is even Tito's plus 11 or 12 units. So, I think what we've done with Fade You, if you don't follow us at Fade You Sports yet, you should. I mean – we're, we've given you at least plus 30-something units since we started in the last couple of months. So we are not giving out losers consistently. We're giving out winners, and then we regress a little. But we are consistently bouncing back pretty strong. So pay attention. Yeah, we'll get right here. Uh, not too worried about it. Um, you know, we're not giving out Dodgers minus 220 money line to have that lose. So uh, that's just – only if stuff Dan we... takes the Padres. <laughs> what is he? What is he doing? What is he doing? Taking a plus two hundred dog? Is he just he's firing the fire? He's a homer. Yeah, he's a homer. He. Uh, I worked with him for a few years, and he loved the. Uh, it was funny to watch his heart break with the Chargers every year <laughs> and uh, um, Padres too. So he's a big San Diego guy. Obviously, the Chargers are not there anymore, but his heart's still with them, and uh, so he likes to fade LA go against them but um it tends to bite them in the ass so So let's go back to the the basketball for a second um we had actually a a good question from a follower today you know we we posted 
Lakers minus seven for game five on Friday night to win the title. And, uh, and our, our guy, Jay Goots, great comment, shout out at Jay Goots. We love the interaction. We, we really try to do that. You know, we're just getting started. We have a few followers here and there. So we like to interact when people actually do so with us. So this guy, he makes a good point. He's like, okay, Miami's not going to get blown out. So he says that minus seven's too much that you're paying a tax on the Lakers. And, and our guy Kmart kind of comes back with, I think what's also a good point that when you're betting these, you're not really betting on the Lakers to blow them out. You're betting on them to be up by four or five late. And then you get into that kind of fouling free throw situation. Lakers make their free throws, just like we saw last night, get into a situation where they're up nine and now you're covering the spread. And the only way you lose is off a back door, which is just kind of unfortunate variance. But what do you think about that? And, mm-hmm. you know, our, our another one of our guys loves, he says seven to nine is such a, a popular common number for basketball games to fall on. So for what are sure. your thoughts on that? Because it kind of goes against what we think of like, okay, if we like, if we're going to bet a dog, we're betting him to keep it close and stay in. But then, I mean, maybe we're wrong. Maybe Kmart's right that the favorite at the end, has a tendency to pull away and when the number is seven that's kind of a good one to to cover yeah i mean uh you know the seven to nine is good i mean especially if the spread was you know either team minus four or five you say oh if they have to cover the spread then it might land seven or not right you know the number is usually pretty tight john murray always says the numbers are pretty good in Vegas, you know and uh so that's a good point and especially if you can get value at that landing on that but the problem that I see with, I agree with, you know, shout out to, was it Jake Goods? Jake, what is it, Jake? Yeah, G-O-O-T-G. something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point by him because I agree with him. I mean, I'm I'm a guy that loves dogs, and, and I'm like, okay, let's see if we can just get in the back door. So I don't want to be up. I mean, if I'm taking the Lakers, I don't want to be up nine late in the game because I saw the, the way the, the heat and the – Celtics played that series they were firing with I mean I had unders and that looked way under and then at the last minute they scored like fucking 20 points in the last minute because they would unleash and they didn't care so if I'm a Lakers better I want them to be up by 15 plus so that I have no chance of getting screwed on that so I don't want to be up by nine and have Hero or any of those guys Jimmy Butler jacking up threes and, and ruining my spread so I see both sides to it. I think, you know, it's, it's very feasible that the Lakers could just come out and dominate like they did, you know, in, in game one and, and cover easily. So we'll see. I see both the sides. And that's why I lean, and that's why I've kind of laid low. You know, you haven't added me on any, you know, Chris Duke on any of these finals plays because I haven't really leaned any way. I've kind of stayed away from that, that kind of seven, eight range in, in an NBA finals where the Heat are kind of scrappy and they want to play tough, you know. Yeah, I mean, you really got to take your hats off to Miami. What What is the AT? I know the Lakers are obviously up three one in the series. What's the ATS? Is it two and two ATS, or did the Heat cover game two also? I think it might be uh, might be two and two. So yeah, they covered last game. They obviously won game three and, outright. Uh, Let's see. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. So they. So they just covered two in a row, and then uh, the Lakers won by 10 
So they, uh, oh yeah, no, I think I think technically on the closing line, oh, they that's right, three and one against because they they garbage it again, like they garbage it again with that Kelly Olenek basket late. So you're right. That's why it's just so tough to lay these big numbers. You know, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's something people have to be aware of that with big public, and this goes across all sports too, and and this is kind of why we were betting against the Vegas Golden Knights and betting against the Tampa Bay Lightning in hockey. And we we typically don't like to bet teams like the Yankees, and, you know, we got a Dodgers homer on our crew, unfortunately, but he he does pretty well with his Dodgers bets uh, tonight notwithstanding. But you do pay a tax on these teams that the public typically likes to bet. Um, like if you're a Lakers better, you're probably paying for a point or a point and a half above what the line should be because they know the public is going to just take it at whatever it's at. It's the same thing. Like the Dallas Cowboys are like this in the NFL. The Patriots have been like this for years in the NFL and Belichick still fucking covers so many of them. It's just incredible. He's Uh, an outlier. Yeah, definitely. Chiefs are like this. Ravens are like this now. Teams like Green Bay, Pittsburgh, those are teams that that have a lot of public following typically. So, yeah, I mean, our guy makes a good point that minus seven might be too much. And, and you know, we can call it the Lakers tax, but. Yeah. Yeah, the Cowboys, I mean, they should have been. I mean, most people, I mean, that's why Lombardi was on them. Shout out to Lombardi. I mean, that, that what should, it should have probably been like minus one or two Cowboys. You get three and a half, four and a half. I mean, we saw Sharps hit that. They shouldn't be laying these numbers, but they know America's team. They're going to be laying these, and they're going to lay it. Oh, it's only four and a half? It's easy. All they got to do is win by a touchdown, right? Not so fast. So, I mean, yeah, you got to be careful with the public teams. Yeah, and we're going to definitely talk on the Cowboys here in a few minutes. But the last thing on basketball, I mean, regardless of what happens on Friday night, hats off to the Heat for, like you said, given their injury situation and being just scrappy bastards like they are. I mean – the final series, whether it ends in five or six, won't be super flattering to them, but they, they've really hung in uh, and probably impressed a lot of people. Pretty incredible run by them. That said, we hope they get blown yeah, out on because we're already on Lakers minus seven. Uh, God help us. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk some football. Uh, I guess we'll take our, our break right here real quick. Come back, talk some NFL, and maybe see what college we might like this weekend. I know we talked about that the other day, but we'll come right back. Okay, we just talked about the Dallas Cowboys. So, Chris, let's start with that. We we potted the other night, and that was Sunday night, so we gave out some really early leans and look-ahead games. And we've posted some plays on Twitter since then, especially in college. We're already locked in on quite a few games. But NFL, you know, we just talked about teams that get taxed because public backs them all the way. And, you know, the public, here they are again. Dallas Cowboys, minus 9.5. I mean, what a world we live in that – as as horrible as the Cowboys have looked, and they have looked awful. And I know you're going to hear people say, oh, well, their offense has been good. But, hey, guess what? They're losing every game. Their defense is just spreading their legs and allowing points like nobody else. So, yeah, of course their offense is going to be in catch-up mode and score. Look at the Browns game the other day. What were they down? Three scores? Uh, I think a sister Mary of the poor could score against that defense. I mean, yeah. So yeah, of course the offense is going to be 
putting up, you know, Prescott's throwing for 470 yards every game. Well, yeah, no fucking shit because they're getting the shit kicked out of them every week. So they're in catch up mode. So what a world that the Cowboys can be laying almost 10. And I know the Giants are terrible, but does Dallas deserve to be laying this number? Probably not. Uh, I I have uh, I think I mentioned on a a prior pod that I used to date a woman from Dallas, and I remember being with her on Thanksgiving, and they were laying a lot of points against the Redskins on Thanksgiving, and the Redskins were trash. Sorry, well they're they're now the Washington Football Team, but they were the Redskins back then, and they were I think getting eight or nine on Thanksgiving. Given everyone said they're going to destroy, ended up winning by four or five or something. They're going to destroy. They're the Cowboys. They have to. Not so fast. The Giants 0-4. Even though people saw them, probably still going to say it's a bounce back. <laughs> Typical, right? It's going to be a bounce back game for the Cowboys. They, they look like shit last week. This is it's a high, high. I mean, nine and a half. It's almost touching double digits. I can see the Giants keeping it close so i mean i i personally am not going to be laying double digits with the dallas cowboys no no that that will not happen by either of us for sure ever now here's the flip side (laughs) can you bet who i believe is the second worst team in football the new york football giants (laughs) I mean, yes. I mean, I, I uh, you know, you and I listen to a lot of pods and we try to be sponges and pick up as much information as we can. Um, you know, we listen to Chad Millman and uh, his boy talk. That they, they're sprinkling a tad bit on the money line. I know Mike Palm has some tough stretches and, and pull one out. And, you know, you and I wouldn't be either, so. I wouldn't be shocked, and that's a huge fade to public play. Um, there's probably at least seventy percent on on the uh, you know the Cowboys to bounce back, but uh, it's some it's probably a stay away. It's just because it's two trash teams, but uh, you know it, it's something. It's a dog or no play for me, Matt. Yeah, it, it absolutely has to be. Thoughts and prayers for Cowboys betters out there. You know. Dennis will be on the Cowboys. He'll have no hesitation. Yeah, even though they've burned him, yeah, you know, a couple weeks in a row, he doesn't yeah. care. He'll fire back. He'll keep going back to the well. God, God bless him. Yeah. So we after we no fear in laying big bars. Yeah, after our our leans kind of marinated for a couple days. Who else is calling your name? Uh, I'm I'm leaning. One thing that I want to mention that caught my eye is that it's it's kind of a, I wouldn't suggest taking it anymore just because you're getting the worst of the line. But something that has caught my eye, maybe I'll take it live if they get down by a touch or something. This Panthers team is very scrappy too, and you've seen that line. I want to say it opened three, three and a half, and it is now like one and a half or two. I mean they're really getting after these Panthers and we'd love to see a road division dog 
everyone saw the, the Falcons. They're, they, they just, for some reason, love Matt Ryan, even though we know he's the king of garbage scoring, and that's all he'll be worth because you can't hold a 28-point lead. But that has really gotten hit, and I wouldn't uh, mind you know, taking a, a peek at the Panthers there, and uh, everyone's going to look at the Falcons and probably say they, they got to win at home. They're so good in their dome. Typical, right? Like, but this is COVID, and there's not really a home field there for them. So, I know a Teddy B. All Teddy Bridgewater does is is go out there and play hard and and cover Christian McCaffrey or not. They're in games, you know. It's a tricky one because the Falcons under Dan Quinn have been a really poor favorite. I, I want to say, oh, man, I was reading some stuff about this earlier. It's really bad. Um, God, but the stock for Atlanta is so low right now. I mean, for that line to only be, I think I saw it get down to one and a half and it's back to two since then. The look ahead was three and a half. That's sort of what it opened at this week. But yeah, it's like, how how can you take Atlanta as a favorite? I mean, now here's the thing though. Carolina has won two outright. So what do you do with a team that's projected to be one of the worst in the, in football? What do you do with them when they're coming off of not one outright win as wins as a dog, but two, can you go back to the well a third time or are you just too late to the party? Yeah, that's a good point. And that's why I said I, I would be very weary, but it's one of those ones where it's like, you'd think, uh, you know, in the NFL, you always say, what would you think should happen? And you should probably go the opposite way <laughs> yeah. because everybody and their mom thinks what should happen and takes that. And that's why Vegas makes money. And, all these other books that are now, you know, taking action in legal states. But yeah. that's why I said I, I'd lean Panthers because uh, even with the line down to one and a half, I can see the Falcons pulling out a, a one pointer and not covering that one and a half, you know, with the hooks. So. Sure. Yeah. But, it, I mean, Carolina looks like they're a little bit of a public dog. Looks like it's about 60, 40, maybe not quite 60, but kind of in that range. And, Ah, man, it's tough. You you never want the trendy dog. Everybody saw Carolina win two straight as a dog, like we said, in upsets. And mm, Atlanta, you're just, Atlanta stock is so low. You know, this, this might be a really good game to live bet. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, maybe yeah. if Carolina gets down by a touchdown and you can get, you know, four and a half or three and a half live. Yeah. Take that so they lose by a field goal, but you know, Den won't won't mind hammering the the Falcons. He'll see, see value in it, and he he ruins any kind of value bet that you think you had. Yeah, yeah. Again, probably some good live wager opportunities here. I I don't see this being a wire to wire win for either team, given that both these defenses are pretty poor, and Atlanta has just some unbelievable injuries on defense. I mean, what else is new? So. Yeah, and you know, Matt. One thing that's you know, you and I know the the public's not moving that line two points from no. three and a half to one and a half. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's some some people that know more than we do that are probably thinking there's value there on the Panthers. Yeah, and I'm not surprised because Atlanta is just in a really bad place right now. But uh, yeah, it's, I feel like the NFC South games in in general are typically really tough to handicap. Mm-hmm. both the south like the afc south and the nfc south but those teams just they all find ways to go one and one against each other in the year and 
weird upsets and I don't know. Those are tough. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, what's another interesting game? How do you feel about tomorrow night's game? I know earlier. Yeah. Earlier in the week, we, we really liked the idea of taking Chicago at five and a half. And we, we actually posted that because the look ahead line last week was three. So use these look ahead lines. Okay. What happened in the week since Chicago looked absolutely horrific. I mean, they were losing 19-3. They had three points late in the fourth quarter. They got a garbage time touchdown to lose, I think, 19-11. They couldn't have looked worse. Tampa Bay, of course, lighting up the scoreboard all over the Chargers to the expense of yours truly and my friend here. But that's in the past. So, yeah, you you obviously have an overreaction with that line opening around five and a half or even six, I think, in some places. But now the Sharps have bet that all the way down to three and a half. And is that an overreaction of the overreaction? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say there's still, if the look ahead was three, I'd say there's still going to be value in the hook because you know, if the Bears end up losing by a field goal, you're looking good. But yeah, I, uh, for me, it's, it's Bears or nothing here because uh, I've talked to a few people that are very very square betters and all i'm hearing is bucks 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 and yeah. um you know, and then from my sharp buddies all i'm hearing is bears and that's a good sign when uh you know most of the people out there are, are touting the bucks because they and i even had one guy say oh the, the bucks killed the chargers right i was like no they were down 24 7 they're like really so they think you know that the bucks just handled the chargers pretty handily and uh you know it was an easy win so they should probably go to Chicago, who had, they even said, oh, Chicago couldn't even do shit against the Colts, um, which has, you know, the Colts have a pretty good D. And uh, the, the the Bears did a great job of, of shutting the Colts down in the red zone. It could have been uglier than it was. So hopefully they do that. You know, it's Tom Brady. They, they play tough in the red zone, and they can sneak out a, a cover, maybe even an outright win. Now the question becomes – when we think about our contest entry, we don't know what the, the Circa line is going to be tomorrow morning. Do we like the Bears? You know, we've lost a little bit of value from earlier in the week, but maybe you're right. Maybe there's still value if it's three and a half. Do we like that more than enough of these other games to justify submitting early with the Bears in there? I do. I think uh, I would say yes, because – just I'm seeing a lot of these games that don't even have lines yet because of the, the crazy COVID shit that's going down recently with the whole Titans and the Steelers. And, and, you know, now they're announcing that Gilmore has the COVID or whatever. So a lot of these teams don't have lines out because like who's playing, who's not. So I'd say, yes, uh, that's one of mine that I would, I would give the okay to. And I would not even be mad if it didn't win, because I think there's just a lot of value and, and the Bucks. Everyone thinks that that win in week one is such a big win against the Saints when we know the Saints could very well be down. Um, Denver was it was in a bad spot, and, and they saw that big win. And then we know that that Carolina game, that Tampa Bay won, was not that big either. They shouldn't have covered, and they got some crazy run at the end, and then obviously they shouldn't have covered it. So they have a lot of wins that they, they shouldn't have, and then everyone's looking at the Bears going, man, they look like shit against the Lions. They look like shit against the Colts and all this stuff. So it's just a huge, it's just a classic, uh, 
reverse line movement with the public on Tampa Bay. So I really like it. Yeah, it's it's got a lot going for it. With the like you said, the the RLM, you've got the juicy prime time Thursday night home dog. You've got just the classic buy low, sell high. So yeah, this is going to be under heavy consideration. I mean, we already posted it to Twitter. Obviously, we'd love it at five and a half, um, three and a half for the contest. We'll see. We'll we'll sleep on it, uh, but that's that's going to get strong consideration. How do you feel about? I'll throw a game out there for you, just because there's been some eventful happenings taking place since we were last together on Sunday night. Uh, Bill O'Brien, the butt chin, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah, man, and I think you sent some great uh, – I don't know if everybody pays attention to what you pay attention on Twitter. You have a great Twitter follow, and you get some great info from – and we know the past doesn't necessarily affect the future, but when these trends are so strong in the sense of 70%, 80% against the spread, I mean, that's usually you know a telltale sign of something that's pretty powerful. So I know you sent me two this week. One of them I think does entail – uh, the game we're talking about. Uh, yeah. With that, that, when you said that, the, the what is it? What was it that when the coaches get fight, when the interim coaches are just absolutely horrible against the spread and outright. So it's kind of funny because I feel like you listen, you listen to some of the talking heads all week and what they will say. And I think our guys on behind the bets even said this, that they like to bet on teams that just fired their coach and the reason is there's there's some kind of mental exhale okay that bad coach that we didn't like is gone now we can relax we can play loose and they kind of rally around each other as a team now they're facing adversity and they win but I feel like what usually happens is teams that fire their coaches are typically not six point favorites that week these are typically bad teams that are just kind of like, you know, like the Jets. The Jets aren't going to be favored in any – well, they were last week, and we saw that how that turned out. But they, let's say the Jets fire Adam Gase. They're not going to be favored that week, right? So maybe there's something to that. But the Texans as a six-point favorite here, I don't think you can take that. So here's here's what we found from – and this is Ralph Michaels. He's great. He's Wager Talk. He's at Cal Sports LV on Twitter. So he says that since 2000 – Interim head coaches are actually only 11 and 25 straight up. And against the spread, they're 36%, 13 and 23. And this is the largest favorite with an interim coach in 20 years, Chris, since 2000. I think that's, I think that's just such great info. And I think that's like, that's something that's so great and such a great point that people don't realize. And I think that when they see an Owen four team, like the Texans who has the Sean Watson and who has pretty decent talent, obviously they lost Hopkins and they, they're lacking a little bit on D, but you know, they still have Watts. So everyone thinks this, this team has to be, a, especially when they saw how the Jags got their ass kicked against a rookie Joe Burrow last week, they said, God, the Jags suck. Give me the Texans. That's such a great point, and I think that there's a, a ton of value. And, and we know, again, here comes another row division dog. I mean, everything lines up for this one, too. And I'll say it on the pod right now. I'm loving it now. You talked me into it. Give me it. Minshew cock. 
Minshew. I mean, ride those handlebars, baby. <laughs> and um, I think there's another one. Give us another one, Matt. The uh, Tell us about that. I think we might choose another one on right now. Tell us about the Eagles and the Steelers. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that one. Yeah, and, and just the last thing on Houston real quick. It's just so odd to me that um, – that what I hear so much is the opposite of, of what those trends seem to suggest. And again, I think it's just the situation here is so odd with Houston being a big favorite. And I kind of like what we talked about Dallas a few minutes ago, what the fuck has Houston done to justify being six points better than anybody right now? Exactly. That's a, that's a huge point. It's like, yeah. Why do you deserve to be a touchdown? Like, what have you, I mean, we've seen what you've done. You've been dogs, right? They were huge dogs week one against yeah. the Chiefs. Couldn't cover. And then they go on. They're, then they flip them to big faves, you know, almost touchdown faves. Or I mean, at least in the contest, they were against the Vikings. They can't deliver. I mean, they haven't even shown that they can cover. I don't even know. I want to say they're 0-4 against the spread, aren't they? I think so. I think, Yeah. yeah. Definitely couldn't get it done against Kansas City or Baltimore. We had them against Pittsburgh, and they completely – it literally scored no points in the second half to blow that cover. And Absolutely. Then, yeah, and then, yeah. From, yeah. So, I mean, you can't – these teams, we love these big flips. They go from four or five-point dogs against the Steelers, come home with the big flip. We, we hate to do it. And, I mean, you just said there's a big flip. Four or five road dog, come home, home fave can't cover so sure so here you go with philly um and look you and i cashed a pretty and our our boy coxie cashed a really nice eagles live wager on the money line the other night that that was great but yeah let's let's take our philly green colored glasses off for a second we know because we watched that game philly didn't do a whole lot to win that game that game was gifted to them by some really bad turnovers by the Niners, some really bad quarterback play by Nick Mullins. Let's not get ahead of ourselves and think that Philly's back because I don't, I still don't think they're good. So here you go. This is also Ralph Michaels. Since 2010, NFL teams off an upset win as a dog of six or more. And then the next week, they're a dog of six or more. How's three and 50 straight up and how's 25% against the spread? 13, I mean, that is, 39, and 1. Wow. Horrific. You just can't, yeah. I mean, that's – and it's, I mean, it's, it's basically the same, the same thing we are talking about before. When you go from, you know, some like a, a darling, like you're supposed to win, or, or everyone – I mean, nobody really liked them against the Niners, um, but they were – you know, we, t- we liked them. And then now here they come, and I think they're getting a little bit now – of public love, everyone's thinking, oh, oh, the Eagles, they looked good against the Niners, right, who are really good. Now let's take them when they're getting all these points again. It's like, hey, you're a week too late with that, Mr. and Mrs. So, yeah, you know, same same story. Yeah, let's do um, – and the, the Eagles are still really banged up too. Don't lose sight of that. Uh, what happened last week also happened because the Niners are also very banged up. Pittsburgh's been they've been resting the only pause the only hesitation I would have here is that Pittsburgh hasn't really beaten anybody they they beat the Giants week one 
they beat the Broncos and didn't even cover against the Broncos in week two. And then they beat Houston in week three, but they were actually trailing going into the fourth quarter. And then Houston just shit all over themselves and didn't close that game. So I don't really know if Pittsburgh is actually good or if they've just been good against some weaker team. But again, Philly's not exactly a good team. I I still think this team has a lot of problems and a lot of issues. So it's probably a pretty classic fade spot on Philadelphia here. Right. Obviously we'd love to get, um, you know, we would have loved to see the sample size of Tennessee last week. We know that game got canceled, Um, you know, so the Steelers are on extra rest. Um, You know, Eagles got probably played a tough game, long game against the Niners. We'd love to see if it ticked down to six and a half, but uh, even at seven, you know, it's, you're going to go Steelers or nothing there with uh, that info that we've, you know, we've come across. Sure. Uh, let's do one more game, and I, I'm I'm going to let you pick one more. And maybe this isn't even one you want to play, but you just – I don't know. Pick one. Okay. How about let's go with an ugly dog. Let's go with uh, – I'm seeing – I don't know. You can tell me. I, I know earlier in the week it wasn't out yet. I'm going to go with the, the Dolphins coming into town against the Niners just because I think – Everyone and their mom thinks that it's going to be a bounce-back game, and I think that any time you see double digits close to it in the NFL, you got to take it. I mean, you never know. You know, Dolphins could be down by 14 late, and Fitzmagic does what he does and does a garbage-time TD, and they're down by seven or eight, and you get the score, you know, uh, the big banger with the Dolphins there. So uh, I think I'd go ahead. Like you said, Niners kind of banged up. Um, it's tough to bet when they've got Kittle in the lineup. It's tough to go against them, but I think uh, the Dolphins might be able to do it. I don't see a line yet, and I think I think it's off the board because the Niners haven't announced a QB yet, and they're they're going to wait and see. I mean, the look ahead here, and this is remember the look ahead was when Mullins was a starter was eight and a half, and I don't know. Okay. I think like so much went wrong for the Niners on Sunday night. Like they're driving and Mullins, there's a pick down in the red zone. And then the pick six at the end, like Jesus, I don't know. I, Very I, have, true. A hard, I have a hard time I mean, with this one. Yeah, me too. But uh, the Dolphins scored. They're in the red zone against the Seahawks five times. They came through with 15 points. I mean, at what point are you going to say, hey, we're not going to kick a field goal against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks? Go for it. And if they score one or two touchdowns out of those five, they're covering against the Seahawks. And so I think a lot of people go, man, you know, Seahawks beat their ass. You know, the Dolphins suck. And so that's just – I just think it's a, a little inflated on that one. That's all – especially if it, if it comes back over eight and a half, nine, or even ten, then I, that's that's why I'm saying I'm leaning that way. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I, my numbers, you know, I'm not lowering San Francisco too much after last week. I I just think that was a really poor, poor sloppy performance. I still have them above average, regardless of who the QB is. I think this is an offense that's not really personnel based, it's scheme based. I, I trust Kyle Shanahan to be able to kind of figure that out against a pretty bad team. So I. I would personally make the number nine or seven. So if you're going to tell me it's going to get up at like eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, 
then I'm kind of with you. I could, I could be okay going back to the well on Miami, but man, if this thing opens up like six and a half, I, I think you got to play, you got to play the Niners there. Miami just, they were really good to betters at times last season. Cause you know, if it's magic and they're, they're scrappy and, and they they'll grind games out and you know, they're gutsy, but I don't know. I, I haven't quite seen it this season. And I'm also a little worried. Let's say they're down at halftime. I think we could see Tua in this game. There, there's starting to be more questions about what is the Dolphins plan at quarterback? Yeah. How long is Fitzpatrick going to remain the starter? So I think you got to start to be a little bit weary of that too. Like, all right, we, we like this Dolphins team when they have Fitzmagic, he'll just chuck it up and he'll run and he'll dive for first downs. But what happens when they make that QB change? A lot of uncertainty going into that game. Great point. Um, I agree with that. Uh, the only thing I'd say is, hey, look at uh, look at what happened when they started the rookie QB uh, Herbert against the the world champ Chiefs. Yeah, they came out and played him tough as as nails, and he came out and played well. So, you know, if Tua does get his chance to shine, maybe he comes in and lights it up and uh, does something special. As again, what were the Chargers? big dogs eight mm-hmm. and nine points against sure. the Chiefs when you're getting that many you know uh it's it's never too bad to start out the game up over a touchdown you know yeah no I think that's a great point and it's it's really hard to prepare for a guy who you haven't seen and so if the Niners are installing their defensive game plan expecting Fitzpatrick and then you know halfway through the second quarter Tua comes in then shit now mm-hmm. all of a sudden you got a guy in there who you haven't seen and you have no tape on and it's it's a little bit tougher so We'll see. Yeah. We'll see what they actually um, – did the Super Contest even have a line for this? No, did they post theirs today? They Yeah, they're 3 p.m. on Wednesdays. I don't I think – I think I they usually think do. They I think did. John Murray last year would always – if it was iffy, they'd still post one. They'd make like a, a one that they think it's going to open at, and they just do it, but I, I didn't okay. see it. They did. They they did not do one for the Patriots Broncos game, and they did not do one for Titans Bills because they're they seem to be thinking those games are going to get postponed. But they did do eight and a half for the Niners. So, oh, okay. I assume that's going to be similar to Circa, but maybe the, you know what? It's probably just because that was the look ahead line last week. So they probably just said, okay, right. you know what? We don't have a line. This is off the board right now. Let's just use the look ahead. So yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, there's some NFL content for you guys. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more intriguing games. But, um, yeah, just keep an eye on the Twitter. We posted Bears already. We have a couple others in, in mind, but we want to see where these numbers settle. Uh, Chris, tomorrow for baseball, last thing before we get out of here, I think our boy is pitching for the fish. Is he? Is Dick still going? I think so. Let me check. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Wright versus Sixto. Wow, and it's kind of a stinky line, isn't it? Oh, the Braves are up two nothing. All yep. they gotta do is lay minus one forty. Easy win, right? You know we'll be yeah. on the Marlins. Oh yeah, let's we'll yeah, we'll take them. Why not? Yeah. Keep it stay alive, fish. fish. Stay alive for Derek Stevens. He's trying to bankrupt the Westgate with that Marlins future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, uh, there are two other college games we're waiting on. I know we kind of like Tulane tomorrow. That is still sitting at six and a half. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get seven. We might just have to decide because like, I think that's tomorrow night. 
Yeah, yes. tomorrow, Tulane yeah. is tomorrow. William Hill has a seven. Ah, I don't know. We'll have to see. I don't know if we'll fire on that at six and a half. We'll post that tomorrow if we do. And then the other one, you've been waiting on this all week, and it just will not fucking move to seven. Uh, your A&M, they won't, it just, it's still stuck at six and a half against Florida. Yeah, I don't know if it'll get up there. Um, I was listening to Paul Stone today with uh, Doug Kazarian, and he, he thinks even with, you know, without 100,000 people there at Texas A&M, usually, uh, yeah, I think he said there's going to be about 25,000 there. So they're still going to have a home crowd, which is cool. Um, but he still saw a little bit of value there with Texas A&M. And, uh, you know, he figured Florida, they played tough against two pretty weak opponents in South Carolina and, and Ole Miss this year allowed a lot of points. They've scored a lot. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking Texas A&M coming off a big loss against, you know, arguably the best team in, in football with Bama. And uh, we see a lot of value there with the home dog. So. Sure. All right, so keep an eye out for a couple of those on the Twitter at Fade You Sports. Uh, for Chris Duke, this is Matthew James, and we'll catch you guys next time.